When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. And we're back. It's the Dominator. It's Sunday. Sunday fun day. This should be tradition now. I think we should probably record on Sunday just because yeah. it's so much fun to record on Sunday. People are at home. They're hanging out. They're getting ready to go back to work on Monday. They get to listen to the Dominator. They get to dominate their week, dominate fantasy football. What not a better day to do the Dominator. I love it. Yeah, Friday is kind of a pain in the ass for me. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass for me, too. <laughs> Friday evening is rough. Sunday evenings smooth. Yeah, I kind of like this new schedule. We should just I think this is actually going to be our our new default maybe. Oh yeah. So speaking of smooth, there's been requests for more mansion lifestyle and I got some mansion lifestyle for you right here. I got some mansion lifestyle coming at you. So I just wrapped a, you know, the refresh of my teak table outside. Well, so, I've got a teak table too. They're great tables. Uh, I have a nice big long teak table. Uh, with an awning for to to ha- seat at least eight people for like an outdoor lunch or dinner, and we made the decision to go teak. Right, it's a little more money. Everyone knows it's more money. I get it, mm-hmm. right? But the beauty is, you don't have to get the most expensive teak table. Any teak will do. Teak is teak, right? That's the beauty of it, right? And then so I was talking to a buddy. He's like, you know, you got to oil it every year. You got to <laughs> apply the teak oil. Okay, so I did that last year, but still it's like getting gray and I'm like, you know, it, it's not slivering yet. And I'm like, this is going to start slivering soon. Ah, oh, God damn it. What am I what am I doing wrong? And then we, we we're getting our house painted. And another mansion lifestyle hack is don't wait to sell your house to paint your house. It's <laughs> so true. So many people wait to paint their house when they're going to sell it. Life hack. Paint it while you're living in it and enjoy it. My wife is so happy that we decided to do this because we, and we, we went uh, from this house. was It was such an underwhelming house from the street. It had no street presence whatsoever. There were all these overgrown hemlocks that were 
crowding all over. You barely could see the house from the street when you were we were coming up on it, you know. And then it was cream with green trim and green shutters. And so I I called it a, a national parks headquarters, the ranger uh, station. Yeah, I was like, we live in a ranger station, <laughs> right? This is crazy. Like, Smoky why? Hair. Why these colors, right? And it's just like, so I'm like, we're not because the last house we were in, we painted it a week before we moved out, right? Or a week before we put it on the market. And I was like, no, this time we're going to paint it soon. We only waited four years, right? Of course, you know, there's other things like cutting down trees, a lot of trees. So anyway, the house painter who was coming in, we did uh, white with like an Arctic blue shutters only. And it mm-hmm. looks really good. I think the actual color is called Hail Navy. Super dark blue accent on white. Looks really good with like brown gutters, you know, brass gutters. Looks good. So it's a great, I mean, night and day difference with just the paint job. I couldn't believe it, right? Cut down the trees in the front and paint that. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is not our house. I can't believe this. We live here. This is amazing. Don't lie. You cut the back the bushes, the trees make your deck look bigger, right? Uh, well, no. The it's on the it's on the other side. So the patio is in the back, and that's where we have the teak table. And this guy who's just this, he's like a awesome, just a world class house painter. He painted our last house. Guy's amazing. We refer him to everybody. And you know, I'm preparing this teak table. I'm laying plastic down because I made the mistake last year of having the teak oil dripping onto the brick onto the slate and then it stains it yeah you gotta lay the you gotta lay like a like a a mat down yes absolutely teak stains everything hence it's really a stain right so it's a so i'm like okay so we got the tea i gotta put the plastic down and then drop cloth on top of the plastic and he's like oh you can't do it yet you can't put you can't put it directly on it and i'm like what do you mean he's like you gotta sand it down and i'm like why do you sand it down because he's like you see all that gray He's like, that's not the wood. That's mildew. That's mildew building up. And so what I think happened was two years ago, we covered it. And another mistake people make is they cover these tables and you should not cover it. Let the elements hit it. Let the sun hit it. Let the wind hit it. Let the rain hit it. It's teak. It doesn't absorb water. It's fine. But they make boats out of it. You can do is cover it and you hold the moisture in and you give it an environment for things like mildew to thrive. So we didn't do it this past year, but I think it just, it was building up last couple of years. He's like, you can't put the teak oil on top of this mildew. You got to sand it down. So I took the, I took a hand sander, sanded it down. Just that alone was amazing. The difference, right? And then, so you did, I sanded it down, cleaned out all the crevices, all the seeds and, you know, pieces of leaves and everything, you know, meticulous, Right. Then I had my daughter come and was like, hey, can you help me? Because she likes to paint. And I was like, can you do it? It's fun. There's, you know, it's just stain. It's not a big deal. You're not going to mm-hmm. make a mistake. So we're doing it together. And the thing is just, oh, my God, dude. Brand, it's like getting a brand new table. And the best part was at the end, my daughter goes, she looks up and she goes, dad, this table's beautiful. And I was like, we got him. We did it. Yeah. Teak, teak really pops back. So we have. Yeah. We have a teak table here because we have, I needed something all weather here in Bend, Oregon, right? We get all the seasons. We get snow, we get sun, spring, and you never know what you're going to get. That's, it's, 
it's why you know that's why may is in spring because it may snow it it may rain it may be 80 degrees you just never know in bend oregon and so we have a teak table too we actually bought this house i thought the deck was messed up because i wasn't familiar with teak and this house the entire back deck is teak on two levels oh my and, god that's a flex and, and so i was looking at everything and i'm like why is this deck so gray and so i put inside the contract not knowing about teak that i wanted the deck stained he's like no you don't want it stained you want it oiled and so they oiled it and i came in and it was popped but brand new but it was it had been neglected so long that it like absorbed it immediately so it was like within like a couple of months it was it was gray again and so now we yeah. do twice a year we oil to keep this thing going but we learned here that's good that i maybe have to do that it's it's not a big deal i could easily yeah. do it twice a year especially now now i'm comfortable doing it myself right i go out and i pressure wash it and then i go from there and just get all the dirt removed from it and then oh, I yeah. come through and I lay the tarp underneath the deck so it doesn't get on 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 the pavers underneath. I come through and just oil it with a look. It's like a big mop essentially, right? Oil it down and then good to go for the next few months. I try to do it before winter and then after winter is my new goal. But you're killing it, dude. You're killing yeah. it. Listen, I it's worth it, right? There are certain things in life that are luxuries and one of those luxuries that I highly recommend is going with a teak table if you have outdoor furniture. It'll, it'll last forever. That's the, it's, they're, they're amazing, but they last forever. You can literally just leave them out there. They look great. They feel great. They're great. They're great. As opposed to like the metal table, you know, I mean, it's just no good. It's no good. Well, you know what else? You mentioned that they look great. Something else looks really great, and that is the new data analysis tool. We finally got it updated. We went through, we had, we had some bugs. We had some hiccups after the early, early release. We had some feature requests. We of course through. it would. Yeah, the and number of features and functionality we added, the complexity mm -hmm. behind the scenes under the hood, of course, you have a sports car like our data analysis. Of course, there's going to be some hoses that need to be realigned and the, the engine needs to settle after the first rollout. So it's really the second rollout, this latest update V2. where it's, 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 it's fully dialed. Like the, it, it, the, the engine is, is humming. It really is. And this thing is beautiful. If you haven't seen it, everybody head on over to player profiler, check out the new data analysis tool. I've been utilizing it to kind of fine tune my rankings, fine tune my projections, all the things that we can do as, as analysts, as fans to dive in deep to the numbers and take a look to help us better our knowledge inside of this space it's amazing that what what you can pull at your fingertips i can't even begin to tell you how how powerful this tool is the other powerful tool before we jump into the actual show sheet here is the nfl draft kit that's coming out this week i'm very excited for it theo has been working tirelessly on this draft kit uh, i'm getting texts from him two three times a day i'm getting phone calls we're wrapping up we're down to the wire it's that last that last mile in the marathon it's the hardest the hardest push before you're done it's gonna be so rewarding once we cross the finish line and get this thing released though i'm super psyched yeah we have a couple catches a couple more uh player analysis to load up a couple videos to load and we're good to go we're good to go these these graphics this year we every team insight 32 team insights that we have every signature trend which is a section which is these I mean, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of words for each of these team insights. 
incredible deep dives on each one. And then within each one of these signature trends, which we, we point, pinpoint something specific about that team that's special that we identified from last year that we believe is going to continue this year or something that changed in the offseason. And, and we're pretty confident, hey, th- th- there's going to be a shift in how this team does business. Right. Speaking- that's what that's what the signature trends all about. And we have these magazine quality graphics with each one. And so it really is. It's like what you would always love. What I loved about a fantasy magazine and how in depth it was and how you could just, you know, take a whole weekend and just dive in and not come up for air. Like that's what this is, but online. And yet all the cool bells and whistles of an online experience from like when you're in a like i'm on the cheat sheet right and i can click on a player and then boom i have paragraphs of analysis from some of the top industry minds and video analysis and that player's projections and 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 as adp at the ffpc it's like okay that's keep amazing at, keep adding to it well yeah. every year we added the commissioner tab this year that's right I'm excited for that. That's so for those of you, it's a little sneak peek commissioner tab coming out. What it's going to be is a spot for all the commissioners to go in the 10 commandments of being a commissioner, the do's and don'ts of what you can expect being a good commissioner and how to become a better commissioner. Uh, it's going to be great. One of our, our, our new sponsors, trophy smack is in there as well. They're, they're here to help us power that commissioner's tab. So we're excited for that thing to roll out. Well, before we have we some jump talking in. points for, for, you know, so our, some of our hosts will be talking about the draft kit and they're like, Hey, can we have some talking points for what we should say? And my favorite talking point is okay. Understood. Our draft kit is not the cheapest. Okay. It's not, there's cheaper draft kits out there. Please feel free to buy some cheap draft kit somewhere. So our draft kit is not the cheapest, but it is the best. Pretty sweet. Well, let's let's before we jump into the actual show sheet here, we're going to be talking today about the veteran losers post draft. This was actually part of the podcast that we did about two or three weeks ago before you going on vacation. We never got to this part of the podcast. We got tied up inside the winner section so much, but we've let the dust settle down. I wanted to come back to this because I think it's important. And I know that we're not necessarily post draft right now. It's been a month since the drafts happened. However, that being said, we've actually had a chance to see ADP settle. Yeah, we got to have the ADP check-in, dude. This is the perfect time for an ADP check-in post-draft, especially on these losers. Yeah, and I want to see, we're going to talk about how far they've fallen in drafts, where their current ADP sits, where their new counterpart on this team, where their ADP sits. Before we do that, we're going to... No, 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 we're not going to break. We're going right on. We just did... Going right to it. No, no, we're not not stopping the show. We're not going to... You know... (laughs) Whatever sponsor, we love sponsors. We love you so much. We're not, we just did basically five minutes of infomercial on that the was, draft kit that and was data normal. analysis. We're, just we're not, we're not going to break. We're, we're, we're talking about losers. I, I want to get right to the losers. All right. All right. All right. First loser, Ken Walker. And, and we know that they went out and added Zach Charbonnet. Ken Walker went from the middle to the end of the second round. He dips all the way now down to round five inside the FFPC. (laughs) He just went inside the hard way draft, Matt, at the end of round five. I think it was like 5'10 or 5'11. To who? You or Theo? 
No, it was it was I think it, it wasn't I it wasn't me or Theo. It might have been Theo actually. I'll, I'll, I want to pull the board up as we talk about it. But that's how far he's fallen. To me now, he's a value in drafts. Charbonnet at cost is round eight right now inside what? FFPC drafts. So let's talk about the dust settling. Walker so the was public like, believes that the difference between Kenneth Walker, Kenneth Walker, right? The best runner in college football a year ago, right? Or a year before a year ago. <laughs> two years ago. Right. Also known as two years ago. Yes. <laughs> it's the other way to say that. <laughs> I mean, this just a 99th percentile dominator rating. He was that offense. He was everything. Zach Charbonnet was chased out of Michigan and had to go to a friendlier confines to be productive at UCLA. One guy came out early. One guy didn't. One guy was an early second rounder. One guy was a late second rounder. One guy was drafted as a breather back. One guy was drafted to be a bell cow. One guy is a, a surefire bust in the league. <laughs> Just check. He's so bust terrific. He's so the type. You know why I know this? Because five years ago, I would have loved Zach Charbonnet. It's the cheesy smile. Box stuffing running back but yet has all these soft qualities. The, the, these, the last thing you'll hear about him is toughness. The last thing you'll hear about him is, you know, grinder. You know, that, that's not him, right? Goes to UCLA, right? Perfect. Just, I mean, just spot on right there. And five years ago, I would have rolled that guy right into the ground, right? And I would have been wondering the whole time, why? Why didn't he fire? What's wrong with him? He's... he's he says so many good measurables. This is crazy. Why? Why, 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 why? The dog factor is now something that we we pay more attention to. Kenneth Walker has it. Zach Charbonnet doesn't. Kenneth Walker is also faster. Kenneth Walker has also been proven to be a productive NFL player. And so when you add it all up, he's the clear incumbent. It's not like Zach Charbonnet. What do you think is going to happen? Think Zach Charbonnet is going to show up? In training camp, after they the coaches talked about bringing him in to kind of help Kenneth Walker in the screen game, that was the specific reason they wanted to draft him. Okay, cool, but that it wasn't to replace Kenneth Walker. And you think Kenneth Walker is going to look at him in the first day of practice and be like, "Oh man, I'm worried. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. No, right? I think the opposite will happen. Charbonnet will look at Walker." Walker, dead serious. Walker, just a killer out there, just taking names. And he's the one that will. He will will. Speaking of a killer, you have two options. One, this guy looks you in the face. Or two, this guy looks you in the face. (laughs) Which one are you scared of? Dude. Dude. That's the dog factor right there. That's the dog <laughs> factor. I can't believe we're doing we're doing uh, headshot analysis, but we so are, and it feels so good. It feels so good because why? Fifth versus eighth round. Get out of here. I'm not, not scared of that guy. Look at him. No. I mean, come on, man. Come on. I get it though. I get it. Look, that dude runs a four three eight. Comp says a thousand yards last year. You want an LT comp or do you want a Demarco Murray comp? Listen. I, want I think Zach Charbonnet would be lucky, lucky. I mean, beyond to be half as productive in the NFL as DeMarco Murray. Get out of here. Again, get out of here. 
The guy that is closest to Nick Chubb in the league is Kenneth Walker. That's the closest comp to Nick Chubb in the league. That's who. That's who's next, right? And we're happy drafting Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's not a pass catcher. Derrick Henry's not a pass catcher. Big deal. But this is the only mark against Kenneth Walker. It's not like they haven't had a competition for Derrick Henry. It's like they haven't had competition for Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt is definitively better than Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet is ha- going to have to be incredibly productive for multiple seasons to be in the class of Kareem Hunt. And with Kareem Hunt last year, I believe Nick Chubb's ADP was early third round. Yes. And third, mid, this Seahawks mid, offense mid, is supposed to be better this year mid, than the round. Browns offense last year with Jacoby Brissett for half the season. Yeah, I to me, it's not close. I, I've looked at the projections. I've ran the numbers. Uh, of course, we we definitely have to give Kenneth Walker some sort of of downgrade with the addition of Zach Charbonnet. But overall, still comes in as my RB15, I believe. And I pulled up to be exact. So RB, where's where's he at? Okay, I can't count right now. RB15. Yep, I was right. So RB15. Have him for 210 rushing attempts, 953 rushing yards, and nine and a half scores. And I have him still involved in 50 targets still. I still have him for 279 receiving yards and only 1.5 touchdowns. So this is a pretty modest projection for Kenneth Walker based upon what he was able to do last year. Charbonnet is still going to be involved. I have him for 33% of the rushing share. I still have him for 36 targets. So it's not like he's this chump, but they have a lot of weapons in this offense. We still have Tyler, Tyler Lockett. We still have DK Metcalf. We have Jackson Smith, the Jigba now. And so this offense likes to run a lot of 12 personnel. We know they're going to have two wide receivers in the field. A lot of the time that leaves, in my opinion, Jackson Smith, the Jigba out Could have the running backs in the backfield. And I think they're going to favor Kenneth Walker still. So like the offense though, like they did, I think post-draft Kenneth Walker may be labeled as a loser, but where he's fallen in drafts now to me is a winner and can help you win your league. Big time, big time. Let me ask you a question. When are they going to get around to feeding Zach Charbonnet? Given the weapons they have that you just laid out, at what point is the offensive coordinator going to be, you know what? It's Charbonnet time. That's what the, We've got to get him the ball now. Now is the time. When are they going to get around to it? I don't know when. That's why I think that the eighth round Charbonnet is much. more egregious than even the fifth round Walker. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, like I, I could see, I could see fourth round. I mean, it'd be difficult to push the button in the third round. I probably would late third round, if, but given an ADP, don't have to, right? If the ADP were different, I'd probably go Kenneth Walker in the late third round, fourth round, easy, fifth round, crazy. So inside the Hardway draft, Kenneth Walker fell to Noah Riddell. It was five eleven is where he went. Yeah, and then, that's uh, well, that's also tight end premium. So there were some tight ends that got pushed up there. So a non-tight end premium, probably early fifth round. That makes more yeah. sense. So that's probably a round ahead. Uh, that's a round behind where I would take him. Just, you know, irrespective of ADP, not knowing ADP, being if I were ADP blind. Now, Zach Charbonnet, I wouldn't draft him until round 12. Yeah, I'd say 10, 10 to 12 range. Yeah. Charbonnet, Charbonnet went 8 3. I'm going to list you off the names around him. You tell me who you'd rather have Charbonnet or Javante Williams coming back from injury. Oh, the upside of Javante Williams. Okay. How about Titan Premium, Pat Fryermuth or Charbonnet? Fryermuth. Okay. What? A little Herbert or Charbonnet? A Herbert. 
Brandon Cooks or Charbonnet? Isn't Brandon Cooks on the Cowboys? Yeah, he's the wide receiver two in the Cowboys. Right, he's the wide receiver two in the Cowboys? Brandon Cooks. Okay, David Njoku or Charbonnet? Uh, this is where the tight end premium thing really makes my brain hurt. <laughs> I mean, Njoku, bro. That okay. offense is going to be great, too. Two more for you. These are round, around a full round later. Antonio Gibson or Charbonnet? Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. I would take Gibson ahead of everyone you just said. Bateman or Charbonnet? Oh, come stop it. <laughs> Bateman, baby. I knew those two would get you good. Bateman, baby. <laughs> yeah, Bateman. Didn't I say that Bateman has a similar ADP to like Zay Jones? Yeah. So we're going to get to both. Let's just, let's just go right into him, actually. So Bateman right now, labeled as a post draft loser. Yeah. Got the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. They go out and spend a first round pick on Zay Flowers. All three of them, on average right now, are going right. in round 10 at FFPC. Right. You can love get it. the ambiguous wide receiver core. You love it. You got to love it. Why not? You got to take shots on ambiguous wide receiver cores. This is it. But Bateman's in his prime. Bateman's a first rounder. Bateman has one of the most versatile wide receiver skill sets in the league. He's got the speed. He's got the route running precision. He's got great hands. He has an incredible, incredibly robust wide receiver skill set. Odell has a similar skill set, but he's post ACL and way past the age apex. Zay Flowers hasn't taken a snap in the league yet. What are we talking about? What are we, what are we talking about here? So if, if you had to set the ADP, I think you would stack it, right? You would say Bateman around nine, Flowers for the, the upside. I get, I get the, the, the allure of the unknown. I love the upside, the allure of the unknown. I understand it, round 10, and then Odell round 11. I think that's how it should shake out. If, again, if I were guessing ADPs, that's what I would guess. And then so to see them all consolidated in round 10 is interesting. Wrong, but interesting. Yeah, people, it's, it's been pretty much in, in order to FFPC. It's been Bateman, and then it's gone to Odell Beckham, right, who played 2021, didn't play in 2022. Zay Flowers is now the number third option inside at least the ADP room. It's an interesting, it's an interesting dichotomy that we have here because there's upside in all of them. I think that, in my opinion, and at least in my projections, Bateman probably slightly leads this team inside of the projections and in, in, in at least the target share. And this is, of course, behind Mark Andrews. Right? And then we have o- Odell Beckham, I think, who's going to probably take on that, that second option there. And as Zay continues to develop in the NFL and, and, and become acclimated with the speed and, and get entrenched into this offense. Uh, and I think though Odell probably leads this 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 group in the red zone, but I think between the twenties we're probably talking about Bateman and Zay. What do you think about that? I don't see where the upside is with Odell. Touchdown upside is, is I think what you're saying, mm-hmm. but touchdowns are highly random, and there's going to be a lot of touchdowns scored by Mark Andrews too, and Lamar Jackson's going to pull it down. And Bateman's going to get touchdowns. The upside I see here other than Bateman is with Zay Flowers. Because if Bateman doesn't fire, right? If Bateman has another injury. I mean, if this is one of those just cautionary tales where this is like the Javid best of wide receivers, right? And it's like, you know, oh, that would be, I would, Bateman's my guy. So that it would be heartbreaking. You could see a world where Zay Flowers steps in and goes crazy. 
and, and becomes the number one. Odell can't do that. Odell is not at that point in his career. So if Odell, if you hit on the river, what's the payoff, right? That's called implied odds. Right? Mm-hmm. So in poker, you have odds and you have implied odds, right? It's like, what are your odds of hitting on any given hand? Those are odds. What are the odds of you actually coming out ahead once the hands play out? That's implied odds, right? So if you have a hand that could you know, hit in a big way and you could take everybody at the table, well, you're, you have more than just, you don't just calculate pot odds straight up. You calculate implied odds. What's the odds of me hitting and then no one having any idea what the hell I have and, and, and me taking this whole thing down in a big, big way, check raising and being able to do all those cool, crazy, fun things. That's the kind of hand that Zay Flowers has been dealt. Whereas Odell, the ceiling isn't there. So it's just straight up pot odds on Odell, right? If Bateman goes down, then he's going to get some more targets and then he's going to get closer to 900 yards, then 700 yards, and he's going to get a couple extra touchdowns. But it's not going to be league-winning nuclear. There's, I don't think anyone thinks that in that offense, especially a run-first offense, that Odell Beckham has a chance to be a league winner. But Bateman and Zay do because they have the yards after the catch ability. They have the, the, the elite separation skills to be true number one receivers and, and go over 1,000 yards. So there's, there's two points that I want to talk about here that is, is directly tied to everything we're talking about. One, they went out and paid Odell Beckham $15 million. Like the week before, I was saying there's no way he's going to get $15 million. And then he gets $15 million on a one-year deal here. So I can't help but ignore the amount that they're paying him to kind of be here in this. To you me, can't 15, ignore it. Can't, can't ignore it. $15 million to me is not an ancillary piece. No. That is... That is them saying, we're going to pay you as a, a top producer in this offense, and we're going to use you heavily. The other piece that I can't get over is just how run-heavy this offense is. They bring in Todd Munkin as well, who's a run-first coach. However, everything they have signaled is saying they're going to throw the ball more. They went out and drafted around one wide receiver. They went out and, and got Odo Beckham Jr. inside of free agency. They still have Mark Ingram. They didn't add another running back. They still only have Dobbins and Gus Edwards. So to me, I gave them quite a a boost inside the passing attempts where before they had always been one of the most run heaviest teams. This year, I took a bold approach and gave them an additional 30 pass attempts ahead of their expected pass attempt rate that I, Dario and I had worked out the algorithm. So we gave them 573 pass attempts First to 544, which we had slotted in the algorithm because we're expecting them to throw more, because we're expecting them to be a little bit more efficient. Even though with that 573, in comparison, like when you talk about 18% of the target share, like 18% of 670 is a far greater number if you're talking about the Chargers or 650 if you're talking about Kansas City. What if the question is none of these guys? You're talking about 18% maybe for one of these receivers, 17% for another, maybe 15%. Mark Andrews probably in a 22%. Is there enough volume here to support all three of these guys? Do you no. think it's it's going to have to be one? No, no, you're, you're, you're betting on an ambiguous backfield that things shake out a particular way, that there's an injury or that for maybe Zay Flowers is a bust. Maybe Zay Flowers is in fire. It's very possible. A lot of players that I like 
didn't fire. So I didn't know Nikhil Harry drafted in a very similar draft spot, very similar profile. I didn't know. I didn't know he he would put up absolutely no fantasy points in his entire career. I didn't know this. Literally so you never nothing. know. Odell Beckham in 2021 with the Rams, and they were, were Rams for a partial season. Rams, the, 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 he was good with the Rams. He was better with the Rams that year. 1.4 yards per route run, number 77 in the NFL, 6.5 yards per target, number 84. But this was the damning part. 1.3 yards after the catch per target. Hmm. So that's what I'm talking about. That's where the I don't see the juice at age 30, now coming off a, a knee reconstruction. It's not the first time that the NFL would have overpaid for a veteran player that has brand equity, that has name recognition. This is not the first time, won't be the last time. The one guy that I know can produce, will produce, when healthy, is Rashad Bateman. Yeah, the health is the biggest part. We have a question in here. How many passes is Dobbins getting? Dobbins has not been known as a you know prolific pass catcher. Uh, I haven't projected for 28 targets. 21 and a half receptions. So not a lot. If you look back at his 2020 season, he saw 24 targets on 15 games. And then we look at 2022 uh, on eight games, he only saw eight targets. So not an exceptional amount. We do expect him to see a little bit more this year, but uh, nothing that's going to be, you know, moving the needle in terms of passing game for me. But that being said, he has the ability to take it to the house on any one of those. Cause it's he's- funny that you have people in the chat, right? Like PJ Kennedy saying really smart stuff. Like, Bateman's a tremendous value. OBJ is dust. He's not necessarily dust, but he could be. Then he says, Zach Charbonnet, many <laughs> times better than Brandon Cooks. One, and two, that three, four, make five times to me. better. That doesn't really make any sense to me. I can't see the path for Zach Charbonnet making it into my lineup unless Kenneth Walker is missing games. Yeah, I, I at fair. no point am I going to be like, you know what I got to do? I got to get Zach Charbonnet in my lineup. I'm going to want Brandon Cooks in my lineup every week. Probably. My God. That offense is going to be bananas. I think Dak Prescott's one of the, one of the top MVP candidates in the NFC. Another offense that's going to be bananas is the Miami Dolphins. And I am excited for Devon A. Chain. Uh, it went out and pounded the table to get this guy. Has Gives me kind of Chris Johnson vibes. Got blazing oh, yeah. 4.32 speed. You know, 88th percentile speed score prolific pass catcher in college at a 93rd percentile college target share. This is what this offense need is another speed weapon, right? Imagine trying to defend this team now as, as a defensive coordinator, you got Devon, a chain speed, you got Tyreek Hill speed, you got Jalen Waddle speed. There is, I mean, you even got Raheem Mostert speed, who was a track star. There's so much speed on this team. That being said, Post-draft, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert both listed as veteran losers. I think this one's right because A-Chain to me is a dangerous weapon that they're going to continue to use. Mm. We already know that we have health concerns with Mostert, health concerns with Jeff Wilson. Now we're in the hearing that Dolphins are actually in the trade market to potentially acquire Dalvin Cook. They're the front runners inside of this trade discussion. That would kill Devon Chain, in my opinion. But of course, at that point, we're nuking Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson into the ground. Chain can be hound round, had in round nine. Wilson and Mostert both going in round 13. Assuming this backfield stays as is, 
Are you interested in either of these costs for any of these players? It's interesting because it, sometimes I will diversify in rookie drafts uh, in round one, but I do not like to diversify after that. It's if my guy is there based on our rankings, that's who I'm getting every time. Right. And it, what it means is I end up with a ton of Michael Mayer, a ton of Michael, Michael Wilson, right? Dwayne McBride, Evan Hall. It's like the same guys. I talked about this in the last Mighty Mansion show with Memphis Young. But in the first round, sometimes I find myself making moves just to make sure that I'm getting some exposure, right? Like, we are proud to have Kendra Miller ahead of Zach Charbonnet, ahead of Devon A-Chain, right? I will, go, I will go to war over that. But I did diversify, and I picked up a Charbonnet just in case. I just wanted to have one Charbonnet and multiple Devon A-Chains. Just because now, right? I'm not, I'm fallible. The acknowledgement that I'm fallible and that there's only so far that I'm willing to go in the late first round with a flag plant, I'll certainly be, like I said, 80, 15, 5 in terms of my exposure to Kendra Miller, Devon A Chain, and maybe one Zach Charbonnet. But I mean, it, it's true. I, I, I'm not, I'm not unexposed to Zach Charbonnet. I wish I was in my heart, but my head says, you know what you know, and you know what you don't know. And you don't know what the hell is going to happen with Zach Charbonnet. You think you do, but it could, it could easily go in the wrong direction. You've been wrong before. Like I mentioned, one of the, one of the great wrong receivers in the last five years for us and most services, I didn't see many services that were fading Nikhil Harry into oblivion. Did anyone have Nikhil Harry outside their top 10? No, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Maybe there's a few. I mean, good for them. We weren't one of them. We, we, we had him in our top five. So it's not a good idea to just always, if you're going to be in, let's say, 20 plus rookie drafts, to just always go back to the same guy every single time. So I, I, Mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Have to diversify your portfolio. Just but like Devon A chain is more exciting yeah, than Zach Charbonnet. So, for example, if we continue with this poker analogy, there's more cards in the deck with Devon A chain that can hurt me than Zach Charbonnet. I'm not scared of Zach Charbonnet beating me. He could, but it's it's unlikely, right? There's a world where Devon A chain is the second best running back in this class this year. He also has special special teams abilities, right? Where he yeah. can actually make contribute in special teams. And and we saw like last year, like Naheem Hines, right? On everyone's bench or on the waiver wire, had those blow up special teams games. And so if you have a chain in your lineup and you're starting him at running back and he's actually has a great special teams game, we're still getting those points. So I always like it when I have a player who is a starting player that has the ability to score on offense, that also has the ability to score on special teams. Just another addition to the outcome, the possibility of you, you know, hitting on that player or outs, like we do want to keep the poker reference going. There's more outs when they're playing in special teams to have that extra ability. And they're more prepared. They end up with more touches. Yep. They're not going to be a game day inactive, right? You never know. A lot, of, it's crazy. You're like, there's no way 
right? This guy was drafted in the second round. There's no way he's a game day inactive. Then we look up in week one. What do we see, Billy? Game day inactive. That's right. A game day inactive. I mean, <laughs> how many how many consecutive weeks was Nikhil Harry a game day inactive? So <laughs> these are things. If you're a punt returner, if you're Jacoby Myers, one of the reasons why Jacoby Myers ended up usurping Nikhil Harry in New England that year, where Harry was the first rounder, Myers was undrafted, was that he was a he could p- take punts, right? And then he was always in the active lineup. And like, well, we might as well put him out there. Oh, he's he's making some plays. Oh, he has tape. Suddenly, because this guy got on the active roster, ended up in the game, ended up making some plays in the game. Now suddenly the coaches have tape of him. And then just now it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. This is the beauty of special teams. Next offense I want to talk about is the Chargers. Chargers go out and draft Quentin Johnson. Josh Palmer immediately gets nuked into oblivion going in round 19 in FFPC drafts. Quentin Johnson going pretty early, a little early for my liking. Round eight and nine is a where a little he's going. early for Quentin Johnston. A lot early. <laughs> That's an absurd ADP. What no, what I, is what what is like okay? He is um easily. I mean, this is this is just quintessential Quinton right here. Say that ten times. The no, no. <laughs> but I mean, we're talking about the Zach Charbonnet wide receivers, right? Now it he's different in that there are many more ways that Johnston could hurt you, right? Correct. And there were times in some drafts when Flowers went right after Addison, and I was stuck in a wide receiver needy situation, and I drafted Quinton Johnston. I have a lot more Quinton Johnston than I do Zach Charbonnet because the upside is real. In that offense, he, he does have nice size, good, not great athleticism, good, not great college production, and put that all in that offense. He is a better player, better prospect profile than Josh Palmer. So you can see it. You could see it, and again, you you want to chase that rainbow. You don't want to be unexposed to Quinton Johnston in dynasty, but in seasonal leagues, what story are these people telling themselves in the eighth round? What story are these people telling themselves about Zach Charbonnet? What do they think is going to happen? How do they think the season is going to play out? This is just bizarre. This is what I always say to people when they are, you know, we're in dynasty season right now. So we see a lot of drafts and we see a lot of players that favor the dynasty players like Quentin Johnson. And for me, I think it's very important that you remove your dynasty hat when you are in redraft because we get tunnel vision. We're doing so many dynasty drafts. We might be on your fifth or sixth or seventh, eighth, ninth, 50th, 60th dynasty draft. I don't, I don't know how many everyone does, but I'll be one to say that I may have been one too many. It's an injection. It's a disease. It's the (laughs) dynasty disease. You have to cure yourself of the dynasty disease before you start redraft. You got to clear your mindset and get it. You got to get, you got to, you got to clear, you got to have a whole detox. That being said, you got to detox yourself from dynasty is a dynasty detox. You got to do it. Dynasty detox. I like that. Oh, that's a good show name. Dynasty detox. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that one next time. Okay. Yeah, every we'll every, that. every that's, June that's a gold nugget. Yeah. Dynasty detox. Mid June, <laughs> it's the show run. It's a very specific show that runs just like in one week in June. Yeah, but it's an important damn concept. 
the one thing I say that Quentin Johnson has going for them is he is on the Chargers, and the Chargers are the pass heaviest offense in the NFL, and that's a fact. The next closest team is the char is 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 uh, to the Chargers is the Kansas City Chiefs, but last year alone, I'm gonna just randomly quiz you, Matt, here on the spot. Mm. How many pass attempts did Herbert have last year? Six hundred and sixty-two. Six ninety-nine. <laughs> what? And that was with his butt. It was hurt shoulder and his broken ribs. I don't. I, I don't know. He wasn't one hundred percent last year. Now they get Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator, over from Dallas. I haven't projected for 672. That's probably where you got the number from. That's my projection. 672 inside. I didn't look it the, up, man. Hands. Inside of the pass attempts. Hands. Up here. Hand. I didn't look it up. So when we talk about opportunity, we talk about target share, right? We talked about 18% for Bateman or 18% for Edel Beckham. And that's in comparison to the Chargers. Let's talk about 12%. Josh Palmer, I have projected for 12%. Quentin Johnson, I also have projected for 12%. That's 81 targets at 12% inside this offense. And so I don't think that Quentin Johnson immediately steps into, you know, this number three option or re wide receiver, I should say, because we still have Keenan Allen here. We still have Mike Williams here. Gerald Everett had 80 plus targets last year. Josh Palmer was still heavily well, Josh involved. Josh Palmer's a value. He is a value. That's what I'm trying to Josh say. Josh Palmer is that a value. I don't even like Josh Palmer. You can understand this. I don't like Josh Palmer. Quinton Johnston is better than Josh Palmer, but at cost, get out of here. Get out. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Round 19. Josh Palmer's in his third year. He was a third round pick. He's been developing. He's been, he's doubling his production year over year. And you think that just suddenly he's going to decide, oh, I'm going to walk away. Because again, you have all these outs. You have That's all right. these outs. You have a Keenan Allen injury. You've got a Mike Williams injury. You've got a Quinton Johnston injury. That may be the most likely injury of all. That the TCU wide receiver doesn't fire right away. You think that Quinton Johnston's going to be starting in week one? No, he's not. No, no, he's not. Quinton Johnston will be the fourth receiver. It will be Josh Palmer starting in three receiver sets in week one. That's how the NFL works. We have to remind you every year. That's how the NFL works. And again, I'm not saying that he's Josh Doxson, the last first round TCU receiver that we saw. <laughs> Just another one of these Nikhil Harry guys were like, this is impossible. How does this guy not do anything in the league? You got to remember, Josh Doxson was more prolific and more athletic than Quinton Johnston. And Josh Doxson did absolutely nothing. It's so funny you mentioned that. Uh, we were drafting. Nothing! Uh, Dave and I were drafting the hard way. Dave Hubbard, my my draft partner. For those who don't know him, he's one of the best fantasy football players in the world. You know, over a million dollars plus in, in career earnings and fantasy football. He's amazing. And we're, we're talking about Quentin Johnson. Oh. And Dave is a, is a film guy, right? And he hits a lot with film. And we're talking about Quentin Johnson. He talks about how much he doesn't like him. We're talking about just... His didn't like his tape. He was, you know, he talked about how he's slow. He talked about how he looks off the line. We're talking about everything. And then I said, you know, who we have him comp to at player profiler. And I said, Josh Dotson. And his first response is, about right. Another receiver didn't do shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it's gonna kill me. It's gonna kill me knowing just how average because Josh Palmer is sort of a beautiful player 
in that he is the most average wide receiver I've ever seen. Just where he went in the draft, like late third round, his measurables, 50th percentile, all of his rate statistics. He's ranked 50. Like he's Jack. just right. I mean, he's just right there as a, a fringe starter in the league. Not good enough, but not bad enough. She's just, just Josh Palmer. He's also yep. Josh Palmer, right? He's just the perfect name, right? It's a very, <laughs> it's, it's just vanilla. It's the most vanilla player. Maybe I've ever seen in the league. It's, but it's so, but in this particular situation with 30 year old wide receivers in front of him yeah, there's and one of the quintessential bust candidates we've ever seen in the first round behind him. We talk about a touch squeeze or a target squeeze where guys get, they get squeezed out and you're like, Oh, actually, you know, Josh Palmer's in a, in a target squeeze. Actually not. He is perfectly poised for a target boom. He ch- it's so easy to see one of Allen and Mike Williams getting injured by right? missing, let's say, half the season, some injury. Could be a broken collarbone, could be a high ankle sprain, whatever it is, right? And Johnston busting. Just one of those two things or both. And Josh Palmer crushes, crushes ADP. If both of them happen, destroys, destroys. Just a reminder, Josh Palmer was steamed up last year into the seventh round by the end of draft season. Yeah, he was. What you're saying then is the answer is Gerald Everett. Also, Gerald Everett. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm drafting right now. I'm in a startup. And I'm I'm on I'm all win now, all the way, and I got sniped on Gerald Everett. I was devastated, devastated. Okay. Last player I want to talk about today is gonna to be Travis Etienne. Mm. Okay, the Jaguars go out spend a third round pick on Tanks Bigsby. Uh, it's worth it's worth noting, right? And and so I don't think that Bigsby Eaton immediately to Travis Etienne, but it is competition. Oh, yeah. How do you foresee this backfield? shaping up and what do you think of Travis Etienne's cost right now he goes at that three four turn and then we have Bigsby who has been going in that round 11-ish range I don't want to be that guy I really don't I don't want to be that guy okay I just feel like I'm the ultimate young player cooler and (laughs) it's not fun to be that guy it's more fun to to run around again five years ago I was much more excited about these young players, especially in seasonal leagues. And I'm, I've cooled out to the point where now I'm just got old and, and I mean, I'm always cranky with these guys and I understand it. And I'm, and if it's not great radio, that's okay because it's also correct radio. I, I, I think we're going to go with correct radio over fun, uh, exciting radio. In this case, there is a third round running back with a very similar profile to tank Bigsby. SEC player and player profiler says, Hey, these guys are the closest comps that we have, right? Bigsby comps to Damian Harris. Do you know how many games Damian Harris played as a rookie? Not off the top of my head. No one. He had four. Uh, Bill Jack too, though. 
I know it's Belichick. I get it, guys. I get it's Belichick. But this is what we see. It's like, oh, well, but, right, this guy's a great player. Yeah, but he wasn't drafted inside the top 50 where the front office is going to put pressure on the coaching staff to manifest their pick. They don't care. Third round pick, they don't care what the coaching staff does. They're just like, here's some depth. Right here, Bill, here's here's Damian Harris. Here's some depth, right? See, you can go down the board. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, you can go down. Here's some depth. Here's some depth. And if they make it in the starting lineup, it fine. If they get fed, fine. But probably not. Probably not. Tank Bigsby's probably a year away from any kind of fantasy relevance. And what's going to be the most maddening of all are those targets to Jamichael hasty. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. And again, I'm, I'm so cranky. glad you mentioned this. I'm cranky, right? I get it. It's no fun. I'm not I found, fun. I right? found a picture of you cranky, by the way, you're going to a party. <laughs> there I am. <laughs> That's me. That's me. You go to a party. Don't pick me up. Don't pick me up. I'll get my own ride. I'll get my own ride there. I'll get my own ride home. You don't have to worry about picking me up. Don't go to the party with me. I'm no fun. Okay, you don't want to be stuck with me. But I just have to mention players like Jamichael Hasty because it's a very difficult league. You know the NFL is pretty tough. It's hard, man. It it's is. a hard transition. It's difficult to acclimate. There's a few freaky unicorns. Bijan Robinson is one of them. One of these receivers, I'm thinking it might actually be Jordan Addison, could be another one, right? There's going to be one of these tight ends. I don't know which one. I can promise you it's not going to be a bunch. But one of these tight ends is going to come out of nowhere and actually deliver this year. Could be Musgrave. Could be Dalton Kincaid. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of don't think it's going to be Dalton Kincaid, though. Michael Mayer or Laporta? Laporta. Uh, potentially Musgrave. But I, I could to anyway, it, we're talking about one in four of the big tight ends. We're talking about one, if not two of these running backs. And you don't know which running back is going to be. It's going to be Bijan. It's going to be someone else. And it very well could be a running back off the board. I know Jameer Gibbs is teed up. I know. Yes, he's getting all the touches in camp. David Montgomery is hurt, but David Montgomery will be back. And when David Montgomery is back. They sign him for a reason, veteran deference, Dan Campbell, need I say more? It the could be with- Roshan Johnson. It could be Devon Chain. It could be Kendra Miller. It's going to be one of these other running backs who goes nuclear as a rookie. Multiple rookie running backs often do, but it's, it's a real wild card who it's going to be. So the thing with Travis Etienne, and I was big on Travis Etienne last year. Like I was way ahead of expert consensus rankings on Travis Etienne. The thing that I think bites him, and someone mentioned it just now in the chat, which is, you know, slow clap to you. He does have to catch more to pay off for his ADP. This is where he lacked at last year. Only saw 45 targets. He was wide receiver 22 in the league. They come in, they grab Tanks Bigsby, who had a 94th percentile college target share. He was a running back 22. Yeah. And then we have... Travis Etienne comes in when he leaves college at an 87th percentile college target share. So you still have two very prolific pass catching backs, but 
they didn't use them as such last year. And so my question is, how much will Tank Bigsby be involved in the passing game? That's what we're expecting him to be, is this pass catcher in this offense. No. But they, they still have... Evan well, Ingram. let's just check real quick, real quick, real quick. Number of receptions for Damian Harris as a rookie. Anyone know? Anyone know? He only played one game. So. Anyone know? It was zero. <laughs> it was zero. I it's, think Bigsby, Bigsby has more is going to be Bigsby's role this year is going to be breather back. He's yeah. going to be in for the third drive of every game. You're going to. It's going to be the Bigsby drive. We'll all know it. We'll see it coming. I, I have and then the guy that's going to come started. in in the two minute drill, the guy that's going to come in in third down. Sometimes it's going to frustrate everybody. Is going to be Jamichael Hasty. I do have Jamichael Hasty for some touches. I haven't. That's roughly. what's going to happen, Billy. It is going to happen. He was involved last year in the. In I the don't passing love hand. it, I, I, but I mean, he knows the system. He yeah. has earned the trust of the coaches. He's earned the respect of his teammates. These are things that are not in the metrics, but it's just what happens in real life with football. Yeah, it does. And it's just those an- annoying little like flies that just hang around, right? It's like Taysom Hill just hangs around and vultures people at the goal line. So we know Jamichael Hasty's going to vulture some some carries on one and two downs and mix in on third downs. It's going to steal some from ETN. It's going to steal some from Bigsby. It's not enough to be fantasy relevant, but it's enough to annoy the shit out of you. And Bigsby in the projections, I only have him projected for four and a half percent target. There's 26 targets. And I think that might even be high in comparison to what that, we, that we feels a little about. high. Yeah. It might be like five targets too high, honestly, but we have yeah. you're, it's, 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 you listen, it's you're, you're based on a guy that did have 30 catches in college, but that's just not, he's not going to catch anything this year. It's not going to, he's not going to catch a cold. I can't believe I use that cliche. Oh my God. There we go. Someone wants to see the hair. It's growing out. Woo! Ready? Wait, hold up. Hold up. That looks cool, man. It's, it's like getting it. long, man. It's getting curly. Dude, congrats on the nice hair, man. You got a full head of hair. <laughs> I'll just let it I'll let it go for the rest of the podcast. A lot of people thin out at this age. <laughs> congrats, man. Oh, I'm like I'm like Chewbacca, dude. I'm like a pretty much you call me a Wookiee. I'm pretty much a Wookiee. Yeah. I'm impressed. Got the hair here, the hair here. Is that the show? <laughs> I think that's the show. Cool. That was fun. Bye, everybody. Bye, stream. Kenneth Walker, right? The best runner in college football a year ago, right? Or a year before a year ago. (laughs) Two years ago. Right. Also known as two years ago. Yes. It's the other way to say that. (laughs) Speaking of a killer, you have two options. One, this guy looks you in the face. Or two... This guy looks you in the face. Oh! Which one are you scared of? Dude. Dude. That's the dog factor right there. That's the dog <laughs> factor. I can't believe we're doing we're doing uh, headshot analysis, but we so are. And it feels so good. Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.